You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. Uh, it was a clunker. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. Host of Locked on Rays, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I can barely get through this intro with that. Uh, you can subscribe to Locked on Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey, and online at fanstreamsports.com. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Rays. And you can email us, LockedOnRays at gmail.com. Okay, Ulysses, I think we have your viewpoint on this. So uh, last night's 20-8 to loss was indeed a clunker territory for you? Wolf, that was rough. Uh, you know, I, those- I, I just can't stop laughing. No, it, it was that crazy of a game. In fact, if you kept watching the game after the score was 14-0, 14-1, please seek mental health. Please get Baker acted. <laughs> Please get Marchman acted something because you you should be watching. You should be doing watching anything else, but a baseball game. That's 14 to nothing. I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah. I, I, uh, there was nothing positive, I think until the ninth inning. And then again, it's like, who are they throwing out there to, to be, you know, uh, know, scoring seven runs in the ninth. I don't think they're meaningless runs. I think it actually, um, that's really great. Uh, I think they're also padded star uh, stats as well. Yes. It's really nice to see Brett Phillips hit a grand salami. That's a very difficult thing to do, especially three in a season. How good uh, of a season is he having? Uh, with He's the making stick, the most of his playing time with Kevin good Kiermaier job. out with his nicks and bruises, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So Brett Phillips making the most of an opportunity and at least Brett Phillips grand slam. It's not like it was against an opposing batter. It was, I mean, it was technically yeah. a Red Sox reliever, maybe not a very good one, but right. still, I mean, it still counts for something in the record book, so to speak. Yeah. And look at the end of the season, you're going to see, uh, you know, the home run total almost coming up to 10 now. And or, or is it nine or 10? And uh, nine, you know, which is crazy, honestly, in the nine. amount of playing time he's had. Look, exactly. So, so, I mean, it doesn't matter at the end of the season who you had those home runs against. They, they don't even, nobody looks up. Oh, who did you have that home run against? No, it doesn't matter. So good for him. Um, good for the team to get some runs on the board. 20 to eight is better than 20 to one, yeah. please. I mean, let's not give the Red Sox too much uh, 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 of a party there, but yeah, not a lot to, 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 to see from the beginning. And, you know, I know this is going to be sound pompous, Kevin, but yeah, there's just something I, I like to do, which is how does the pit, the starting pitcher look against the first batter? Mm-hmm. Nathan Uvalde looked super nasty against Brandon Lau yes, in the did. first at bat of the game. I mean, Fastball down the middle. Brandon Lau does not even swing at it. He's just like spitting at it. Then the curveball in the dirt swings right through it. I'm like, okay, that's mm-hmm. that's He's not on. good news. Yeah. You've always got <laughs> so, his A stuff today. Yeah. So from there on, I was like, oh, this is not going to be good. And honestly, uh, by the fourth 10-0, poor Fleming. Just a horrible outing. Just a horrible outing. And he just didn't have control nor command. I mean, yeah. the, 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 the sinkers were, were um, not hitting his, the, the bottom of the zone uh, down and away f- from the righties. They were actually leaking over the plate. And then the cutters, instead of being up into the, the, the right-hander batters, were not there at all. 
So they were ca- yeah. ca- catching too much plate. So, I mean, he was just, it was easy pickings for the Red Sox. I don't think there's a lot to analyze here except just a bad, bad day. You know, with Josh Fleming, he has been awful on the road this season. In 41 innings on the road, he's got an 806 ERA. Of course, what happened last night certainly doesn't help, but it wasn't good entering the game either. While at home, he's got a 237 ERA in 49 innings, which by the way, he's at, I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but he's at 90 plus innings now thrown, which is about triple what he threw all of last year. And I don't know mm-hmm. if he's ever been a stamina endurance guy, but we have to acknowledge a couple of things with uh, what happened yesterday. One, the Red Sox, I think we've learned that they feast on soft tossing lefties. I mean, if Yarbrough was thrown out yeah. yesterday, not to say that Yarbrough would give up uh, 10 earned runs and walk six guys and give up uh, 10, uh, 11 hits and three and a third. But every time that Yarbrough has been thrown out against the Red Sox, he's given up five or six earned runs. So yeah. it's kind of par for the course with, you know, more soft tossing lefties against that Red Sox lineup. But I just wonder, and maybe I'm overthinking this, but the psyche of Fleming going forward. Like, how can you face the Red Sox again? How can you face a Yankee squad, a Blue Jay squad, any team, let alone on the road after that showing the other day, after the showing yesterday, I should say. That's where, that's how you show that you're a major leaguer, you yeah. know, ready to stay in the big leagues. It's because you can give up 10 runs and three and two thirds or three and a third. Well, that's a, that's an ugly line. Um, yeah. And very, very ugly line. Yeah. That's ugly. And, uh, and then come back five days later and you do your job that that's how, you know, if Fleming is, is a, is a pitcher who's ready to be in the major leagues is if by today, this morning, right now, maybe he's awake right now. Maybe he's listening to the pod with his coffee or tea. I don't know mm-hmm. if he's a coffee or tea guy, but he doesn't remember this anymore. He's just put it behind him. He's just going to work towards the next start. That's how, you know, he's a major leaguer. Um, and hopefully that's what he does, but it definitely a, a punch to the ego and, Honestly, if, if, if we're going to talk about psyche, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a psychologist or, or anything by, 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 by any means, but I will say I did like the body language from Fleming after he was taken out. He was kind of like in this ether of, yeah. you know, of like what just happened, but he wasn't, you know, showing up his teammates or, or, or just went down into the dugout or super angry. Like, I like the fact that he was just like, okay, what the heck just happened? And the yeah. quotes after the game, he was just like, my arm felt good. I felt good. My body felt good. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> it, 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 it was weird. It was weird. So yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I think you can just scratch that. If we can scratch a whole team as a clunker, I think you can scratch a start as a clunker too. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't just, Fleming that crapped the bed. I mean, Randy Rosarina didn't help in the outfield. There were multiple plays. There were a lot of things that happened there. Not saying that that would have made the difference in the game, but man, it was 11 zero already. But I mean, uh, maybe your head had Will Myers flashbacks. I had Will Myers flashbacks in Fenway. Like, what was that? (sighs) Gosh. Oh my gosh. By the way, bad game. It was a bad game. Yeah, it it was a really, really bad game. Uh, Although I'm going to say this. I'm not going to say it was a 28 loss. I'm going to say it was 14. I'm not going to count those six runs scored off Mejia where the Red Sox were just swing happy and going nuts like that. That is absolute. If we're if if people are going to say what Brett uh, Brett Phillips did was, you know, garbage time runs, then absolutely what the Red Sox did 
against a catcher pitching shouldn't count whatsoever, quite frankly. Yes, so I like it. And you know what? Having the Red Sox being, oh yeah, I'm really gonna turn on 60 mile an hour <laughs> balls in the middle of the plate. Like I would think that the Rays are gonna wake up ready to play. They're, they're ready to flush this loss and try to get some revenge. Where it's like now you're just you're you're pouring salt on the wound, so to speak. Not to say that's what you know the Red Sox should just you know take and take and try to hit into outs and end the game. But you kind of get my point there with yeah. that. Um, so I, I mentioned Fleming's stats on the road. I've got a couple of theories why he struggles on the road. If you want to enlighten me on this one, I don't know if any of these are true. It's just, you know, why some guys may be better at home than on the road. One, it could be the lighting. We know about the glasses. We know about the Adamas issue uh, at the trop. It could be a reverse little thing for Josh Fleming. Maybe the mound isn't so much what he likes different, uh, mound sure. textures and in the building of that, um, just the the raucous environment of being on the road. Let's remember that Josh Fleming came from D three. He he wasn't uh, he didn't pitch at Vanderbilt. He didn't pitch at Virginia. He didn't pitch at Texas. He didn't pitch at Florida. He didn't he didn't play in the Division one College World Series. So I think that's one thing. And then the other thing, you know, I know there's been talk about tipping pitches and giving his hand away, but also just the fact of we know generally that uh, umpires give the borderline calls to the home team's hitters. And, you know, if, if Fleming gets squeezed out like that, not saying that's what happened yesterday, but just over the course of a season, that he's he's a guy that pitches on the edges. He can't pitch in the middle of the plate. Otherwise, he'll get, I mean, for the most part, ripped apart if he leaves pitches mistakes up in the middle of the plate. So maybe he gets squeezed out a little bit, and that's where some of his struggles come from. So that's what I've got. I like, I like all those four theories. I think one of them has the most uh, weight to me personally, and I think it's the most bogus one, but I like it, and I'm going with it. The people, the crowd. Yeah. When did he make his debut? In 2020, when there was nobody Good on point. the stance, and he comes from a D3 school. I mean, they're not going to be going crazy for, for, for the baseball team, right? So yeah, I would, There, there I were would probably more that- cow pastures, more cows that were, you know, moseying around the ballpark than there were actual fans at the game. Yeah, there, there, was, there wasn't a lot of booing. There was a lot of mooing. Thank you very much. I'll be here yeah. all week. Uh, look, I, maybe that's the one, you know, the, the, the crowds are, are too big uh, when, 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 when he's away. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it's, it's, I think sometimes we're going to be, man, we, we go over so many stats. Yeah. Just, just, just nitpicking. And so there's always something you can, you can use to, to fit your narrative and baseball is definitely one sport that you can definitely do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think there's, there has to be something, there has to be a reason and it can be as, as, as simple as dude doesn't like hotels. Dude just hates it. Dude yeah. it, it misses his, his wife. I think he's married. Um, the traveling, yeah, wife, being on the plane, yeah, traveling. Get, you get out of a rhythm, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't like the FaceTime, uh, you know, whatever. And and that and that's it, and that affects him on the road. I don't know, but it has to be something. Yeah, and I wonder, look, uh, at some point, Chris Archer is going to come back. At some point, other guys are going to come back. It makes me wonder if Josh Fleming is going to have a spot on the postseason roster, especially we know we see what he's doing on the road and we see what he's doing 
um, in some of those environments. And look, we don't have to answer this question today, but if he's going to be in the rotation next year, or if he's going to be used more as a bulk guy, I mean, you would think that if Brennan McKay is ready, if Shane Boz is ready, you wonder where, because it seems like the Rays have been very, very careful to Fleming, you get five. You, you could, you could throw a great five. It could be, it could be a Picasso artwork of five, but that's all you're getting. We're not rolling mm-hmm. you out for that sixth inning. So I think, um, again, it's one start. You, you tear it up, throw it in the trash, move on. But I think there are some larger issues with Fleming that have to be uh, figured out and adjusted from there. The good thing about uh, yesterday's game is it only counts as one in the last round. Right. Whether the Rays lost five to three, five to four, 50 to two, it's only one L in the book. And there's usually oftentimes during a baseball season, another game. And there's one today. So that's exactly. what I got. And an early one and an early one. And, and you know what? If for, for those people that don't want to take an L when they are shopping for car parts, well, there's always auto uh, rock auto. Look at that. I'm yeah. automatically here. There's always, you know what? Rock- here, let me, let me, let me help you out with that live read. Let me, let me put it like this. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if the Rays on their way back to the hotel had some card trouble, like a lot went wrong last night. So I'd imagine that, you know, they, they'd probably, what do we do? Our car broke down. I can only think of one place to go. Of course, because you want to save time and money, Kevin. That's right. Rock auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, sometimes even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could ever need, brake parts, tail lamps, mortar oil, and even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today, maybe before the Rays game, to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you me and kevin there you go amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com wild alaskan company delivers high quality sustainably sourced wild caught seafood right to your door You can choose from salmon, whitefish, or a combination of both. And every month, there are different specials to explore. Each shipment contains premium, wild-caught, individually-wrapped portions of delicious seafood that's ready to prepare and easy to cook. Wild Alaskan Company seafood is how nature intended it to be. Always wild, never farmed or modified, and it contains no anti Biotics. Uh, you can adjust, pause, or cancel your membership anytime as well. And they offer 100% satisfaction guaranteed on your money back. Get your nutrition from nature with Wild Alaskan Company. And right now, you can get $15 off your first box of premium seafood when you visit wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB. That's wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB for $15 off your first box. WhiteAlaskanCompany.com slash MLB. Make sure to use our URL to let them know that we sent you to the right place. 
Okay, Ulysses, uh, moving off of that disaster of a game, I, I think we got to go back and, and make a count of how many clunkers there have been so far this you know, year. I think it's, it's got to be up to 10. I, I would, if I had to guess without looking, somewhere in the 8 to 10 range right now in, in what's yes. been an amazing season for the race. But that means there's, there's going to be clunkers some nights. I said before the season, I think when we had the first clunker, which I think was at Fenway with Yarbrough. I think it was pretty quick, and I think it was Yarbrough. Yeah, it was like the um, fourth or fifth game of the year. Yeah, I think I said a really good team would be like 10 or under. I think we're like at eight or nine right now. And, you know, a clunker. Look at that. I, I, I clunked the, the the first read just like the Rays clunked uh, on last night's game. But, you know, we, we came through at the end just like the Rays did in the ninth inning. So yeah. there you go. Um, what I want to do is, yeah, go ahead. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? I want to add up at the end of the season, how many clunkers the Rays have. And I want to add up how many clunkers the Orioles have. If I had to guess, I would imagine (laughs) the Orioles would probably have like 30 to 35 clunkers, at least a couple dozen. That many? I mean, how many have they had against the Rays already? (laughs) So yeah, that's true. Okay. I mean, over the, over the, over a three game series, they usually have two clunkers at least. So I think it's man, it's quite a bit. We might have to, you know what? I think that's a new stat that we're going to have to unveil for for fan graphs. You really have to develop that. And yeah. uh, You know, some sort of this many run deficit after this many (laughs) innings played uh, yesterday would certainly qualify. Um, We got a question. and, and again, if you're a listener out there and you have questions or topics for us, we welcome them all the time. It might take a couple of days or a week before we actually get to them, but you're more than welcome to message us on Twitter, on Instagram, email us, lockdownraise at gmail.com, and we will try to address your question, comments, or concerns, uh, or voice memos if you want to send those as well. And this one comes from uh, Quinlan Deegan. He asks... Is the inconsistent playing time adversely affecting the fielding of Joey Wendell and Brandon Lau? Ulysses? Good question. Good question. I went back onto the game logs for Joey Wendell. Mm-hmm. He, since the All-Star break, he actually missed one game each in the Indian series, uh, soon to be Guardians, then the Yankee series and the Boston series. Those three series came back to back to back, and he missed one game each. Uh, and then one in the Baltimore series that just happened uh, before the, the Red Sox series. Uh, since July 3rd, which is a week before the, the All-Star break, he has got four errors. And he's got eight for the season. So I do understand what, what Quinlan is saying. Uh, maybe some of that has affected him and in uh, and the playing time. Because the first three months, before July 3rd, he was like, having one error per month. He was pretty right. solid since July 3rd, four errors. Uh, is that go? We were talking maybe gold glove consideration. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's so, so, I mean, is, is, it, is, it, is it just regressing to the mean? Maybe he was just being very, very good and he's just very good. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think you can maybe make that narrative, but with b I I don't think you can say the same thing. Because Bilal actually hasn't missed that many games as Wendell has in the same period right. of time. And when you talk about Bilal, his errors come in bunches. I mean, three in back-to-back games in July. Two of those, however, were playing in the outfield. Which, I, I know this is not Quinlan's question, but I kind of want to go here. Um, 
I, I just don't like Bilal there in the corner outfield spot. I, I think his bat and defense play well enough to be in second base. Yeah. And if you really have to move him because of a roster spot situation or whatever, I would move him to first before I, I try yeah. the corner outfield. He did not look comfortable. He did not look good in the outfield. Yeah. Although after seeing uh, Randy Rosarina and Austin uh, Meadows at times, it's kind of pick your poison with that. Yeah, but I mean, the, the this very limited time that we have seen Brendan Lau in the outfield, it hasn't been good. We have seen nice sliding catches from Austin Meadows. We have seen incredible diving catches by Randy Rosarena. But Brendan Lau, I know the innings are limited, but he has not looked good. I know yeah. the height might be an issue for, for, for first base. I understand that. He's not your prototypical 6'2", 6'3", guy. Yeah, but he definitely has the power. The power plays for him at the first base position. So if you have to move him, I would move him to first. No, I think that's a good point. And Lau has, if I'm correct, nine errors so far this season. I think some of it is just the fact of it's not easy to do. I think it's easier to move from third to second, third to short, second to short, rather than moving from second base to corner outfield. That to Mm -hmm. me doesn't seem like a natural progression, especially if you're not getting that much playing time in the outfield. And it's just like, Hey, can you play outfield today? Like that. And you're not really prepared or haven't gotten the reps to practice and make sure you're at the best you can be. And I think that's just another maybe mental hurdle, uh, hurdle and factor of something else I have to think about that. Am I going to play second today? Am I going to play right field? I know I've, I've haven't been all tough. that great in right field. It's not an easy thing to do from that standpoint. I'll say this though. I mean, Brandon Lau, if you want to keep making errors, you keep making errors as long as you keep hitting the way you are. Like I'll, I'll take that trade off just about every day of the week. If, if he keeps hitting like he has <laughs> these last couple of weeks. And the other thing too, is maybe it, it really, I guess it isn't a great argument because the bat is really heating up, but this is also, I mean, this is probably the most time he's played in the field in his career with the race. He's he's never mm-hmm. surpassed 100 games. So maybe right. that gets to him a little bit. Um, so I, I don't know if there's... And it's not like Lau is... We've talked about this before. He's, I think, an above-average fielder. I don't think he's like elite, elite, elite. Like, it's not like, a man, if, uh, you know, name, name a, a great second baseman of all time defensively like Brandon Lau's not in that category there's going to be some balls that he doesn't get to and I think too is when he does play second base is the the rotation of shortstop he was working with Taylor Walls and things seem to be going steady then Wander Franco gets brought in and we see a couple more errors and then you know one day it might be Joey Wendell at short and I think some of the for for two months it was Willie Adamas I mean actually this is a really great point Kevin he's had four different shortstops that he's had to play with so it, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough to, in that communication that, that, that just grows. Yeah. And, and you could see it by the April and May that not to get too melancholic here for the listeners, but you could see the Brendan Lau, Willie Adamas chemistry, just yeah. 100%. The communication like go, is go. the key thing because, and I would imagine that Willie Adamas, great communication, Taylor walls. What's he 25 years old, been in the minor leagues. He's, he's been yeah. around the block a little bit. Great communication. Wander Franco, 20-year-old. Great talent, but just 20 years old. Is he going to have the wherewithal and to have the instincts defensively to, and you add in all the shifts and positioning changes. It's, you know, sometimes Brandon allows playing up the middle. Sometimes he's basically playing shortstop. So I think there's a lot that it's not an easy thing to do. I, I just and, put it like that. And with Wander, 
because his talent, he has always been the best guy on the field, like probably since he was three years old. Um, It's it, 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 it. I actually have seen a couple of times where, he took a ball from Wendell's side. He kind of like mm-hmm. pulled a Kevin Kiermaier and Joey oh, Wendell had to like pull up and then, you know, he made the play fine, yeah. but Joey Wendell could have made the play too. And I also saw it from two Brandon Lau too, like Wander stepping in before Brandon Lau and then throwing the first, he still made the play, but Brandon could have made that play. So I, I think with playing with Brandon, uh, you know, the shorts to second, the communication is key. Sometimes, you know, I think not, I don't want to say egos because I don't think that's the the, the right word, right. but if you're used to something, if you're used to taking care of like 98% of the plays that are around you, and now you have fielders that can kind of help you out because they're also major leaguers and they're talented too. It, it kind of is a shift in how you've played for the last yeah. you know two decades. And what I'll say this is, so I think we've got Lau situated. As far as Wendell, yes, he does have a career-high eight errors, but let's also keep in mind, so I did look this up. So he's made eight errors this season, 2021. They've all been at third base. Seven are throwing Mm -hmm. errors, by the way. Seven of those Mm -hmm. eight are on the throw. But eight errors in 539 innings at third base. Last year, 2020, he made four errors. How many innings? 161. So it's also a numbers game too. I mean, if you look at per average basis, he's making, I mean, the, the error rate per innings played is way better. It's lower than last year, maybe the lowest of his career. Now it does seem like he has made more errors of late, which he has. And, you know, I, I looked back at some of the video and I think some of it is just circumstance, just circumstance where you, you get a, a tough roller, high chopper, and you're forced to rush, and make a throw and you pull off of it a little bit. So I, I think it, it might just be some of the difficulty of getting those balls out in time because you've had, you've got Fleming on the mound. You've got somebody on the mound that you, you got to make a tough play and you got a fast runner and it just, it it's kind of the, the perfect storm. It's not like he's, we've seen anyway, what I've seen recently that like his range has diminished greatly or anything like that. It's just, you got balls down the line. I don't have a lot of time to get rid of this ball. I really got to rush it. And, and I don't want to on that. Put, I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you remember the last four errors who the first baseman was? I want to say it was Yandy Diaz. And then, okay. Then, then to Quinlan's point, let we have to really go deep in this, right? Okay. So yeah. we, we, okay. So since July 3rd, he's gotten four errors. Seven out of eight have been throwing errors. What are the circumstances? Who is at first base? Yes. You've got Jimon Choi and you've got Yandy Diaz. Race fans, they know Jimon Choi is a better fielding first baseman than Yandy Diaz. So if mm-hmm. Yandy is over there trying to help you out and he can't, maybe Jimon would have saved yeah. Joy. Wendell, well, it's not up to the first baseman to save the third baseman, but you know what? It yeah. helps if the guy can yeah. pick it. Choi has had to help out his fielders a lot over his career. And maybe it's something where, okay, we know Yandi doesn't quite have that ability. So I have to make the perfect throw and I have to do it quickly while the runner is almost at first. And then it goes from there. And then, you know, maybe some of it too is let's be honest, Wendell, uh, he's, he's slided a little bit offensively. I mean, it, if you look at his last 30 games, his, his line is 266, 302, 339. He doesn't have a home run in his last 30 games. In fact, I can't remember the last time he had a home run. So I think maybe 
not to say this is what's happening, but there's oftentimes where you struggle at the plate, you take that to the field and vice versa. So that's something that we have to acknowledge with that as well with Joey Wendell. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get into this. I know we're running short on time, but the swing seems a little bit loopy and long to me. Like he's really getting exposed Mm -hmm. by breaking balls down and in. Uh, If he can just tighten that up a little bit. Look, I'm no Chad Matola here, but it just seems like he's got a little, (laughs) a little bit too much going on with the, the, the shifty shifty, if you will, with that. So I I hope we answered Quinlan's question. I think we went a little bit deeper than we probably initially anticipated with all Quinlan's like, dude, you gave me a thesis. Like I was just asking a normal question, but you know what? You give us a question. We will, you know, dig in the weeds and try to find it. And you know what? This honestly, Quinlan, this could have been a whole episode, man. We could have gone way more crazy because I wanted to, but we only got 10, 12 minutes to per segment. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track it all at bet online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use that promo code locked on L O C K E D O N again, promo code locked on to get a 50% welcome bonus on bet online, bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay. Ulysses, I think we have a four 10 PM game or so thereabouts, and it'll be mm-hmm. Drew Rasmussen going up against Tanner Houck. Drew Rasmussen making his first start, not as an opener, but starting. I hate to toot my own horn, pat myself on the back. Thank you. Standing ovation. I appreciate that. Uh, I feel like Wander Franco right now. I, I, I you very had much that tweet. appreciate you that. Had yes, that made it a couple weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, my co-host giving him props. I, this is how I want you to give me props, by the way, when I get things right. Uh, <laughs> Standing ovation. Great Here tweet. Yeah, standing ovation. Uh, oh, standing ovation ooh, a delayed for one. acknowledging like my tweet. There you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're just patting ourselves in the back, are we? Yeah. Um, look, man, that's, that was a great tweet, and, and people really responded to it. I think Race Nation is, is thirsting for, 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 for arms, and Drew mm-hmm. Rasmussen, man, I don't know how he's going to play out as a starter. At least maybe today he, he's just going to be capped at three innings or whatever, but with two pitches, it's going to be tough to navigate through that very tough lineup. Uh, yeah. So we'll see how they use them. But um, it's I'm I'm excited, man. I'm 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 this. I'm really I don't know why, but I'm pumped. Yeah, you know what? I get just because of the stuff. Like the stuff absolutely plays the high nineties fastball, the power slider. In fact, if you watch them. The fact that, you know, he can pinpoint the fastball top of the zone and then the slider bottom of the zone occasionally will work a changeup, but it's not quite there yet. Like if he could mm-hmm. be like Nate Eovaldi and develop a cutter or something like that, that really right. could go a long way. But in the in his stuff, just his pure stuff, I get a little, and not comparing him to Tyler Glass now, but a little Tyler Glass now vibes when he had yes. the two power pitches. Now, 
Rasmussen isn't, I think, as developed as Glass now, of course, or as developed as Glass now was when he first got to the Rays, and he doesn't get as much extension. And it, I mean, Rasmussen's probably six one, six two. Tyler Glass now six right. eight. But you get my point. Where if the Rays pitching staff and their development team can work with Rasmussen on finding a a third pitch that he can work in there 10, 12% of the time, you may really have something there for him. Look, I don't think Rasmussen's going to throw five or six innings, but I think three, three and a third is certainly within the realm of possibility that today he's thrown upwards of 53 pitches. I, I think this could be the start of something going forward that you build up for next year. Maybe they look at him as a quality mm-hmm. starter down the line, uh, uh, you know, that you can kind of and throw I, in there. Again, this is the race. So you don't have to just put a label on a guy as like a reliever or a starter. Like, you know, if you like his stuff more than two innings at a time, which by the way, right now, I think that's, that's just a beautiful thing mm-hmm. because his stuff is so good for two innings. Boom. He, he just becomes Wade Davis 2012. But yeah, if you want to try him as a starter, besides developing another pitch or at least using it a little bit more, um, you can always have the opener for him. You can always mm-hmm. use an opener and then he becomes a bulk guy from three to four innings. Boom. And you're, you're, you're there in the sixth, seventh inning with, with your, with your shutdown bullpen. I'm excited. I think Drew should be in the running for, for next year um, of, as a starter, or at least a bulk guy. I'm, I, his stuff is powerful. It's really, yeah. really powerful. It's really, really good stuff. And there's something about this damn trade about kind of selling low on Willie Adamas and then him exploding. I know he wasn't right. ever going to do that at the chop. I know that people, uh, but he is getting NL MVP vibes, Willie Adamas. So for, if you want this trade to kind of succeed, mm-hmm. Drew Rasmussen becoming a starter would definitely help in this trade becoming not a lopsided loss for the Rays. Uh, I, I think He's got the stuff to do it, but you know, we'll see tonight. This is a very tough position. Also that drew is being thrown in Fenway park, uh, a divisional race. Here you go, kid. Have your first Mm -hmm. start. Show us what you got. Earn a spot because there are spots to be earned here, which is insane. This is a team in first place and you could literally win a a starter spot right now. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, honestly, I, I would think that he can't do any worse than what Fleming did yesterday, which maybe Fleming should have had an opener. I don't know if that would have changed things at all, but it's like Rasmussen maybe looks at this as a great opportunity in the sense mm-hmm. of, yeah, fighting for spots here. If I show out and I throw three, three and a third strong, I might really get that opportunity. And we know that the Rays love Rasmussen. I mean, they drafted him once upon a time. Yeah. I know he's had some Tommy John surgeries and some issues since then, but I mean, they've probably been targeting him for a while, which is why, you know, it took a while for that Willie Adamas deal to come together. So I think that there was a lot in with that. Um, And look, we're not going to get into the whole Adamas thing. I'm happy for what he's doing in Milwaukee. I think he's in a better place. And you know what? This It opens a spot for Wander, Vidal, Taylor Walls, all those guys there. Um, I want to, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I want to talk about the other guy on the mound, uh, Tanner Houck, uh, the Red Sox, fans just just are slobbering all over they, this guy they think he's the he's, next sale is that uh where they're yeah going with he that? they yeah, they okay. think he's the their their next guy and and look he he's 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 pitched fine so far um he is averaging 63 pitches per outing 
so far this this year. So the Rays have to make him waste pitches. He's a rookie, so you can do that. The Rays are really good at getting walks, right? They're the fifth in all of MLB in, in getting walks. And the Red Sox are ninth in giving up walks. So this should be, on paper, a good matchup for that. However, <laughs> Tanner Houck uh, is going to make it tough because he only has seven walks given up in 25 and two-thirds. So honestly, even though uh, we're excited about Drew Rasmussen, uh, I'm actually going to be focused in on the lineup. How is the lineup going to make this rookie, Tanner Howe, sweat? But can, can you make him go into the zone, into your nitro zone? Because it seemed like yesterday, that's exactly what Josh Fleming did to the Red Sox hitters. I would like to see that um, the, uh, the opposite happen today with, uh, with the Rays. You might have to look this up after the show, but Tanner Halk, I get some Jonathan Papelbon. Uh, he looks a little like Papelbon. At the very least, he looks like a Red Sox pitcher. Looks like a oh throwback my God, yes. Red Sox oh. pitcher. Very unlikable. And in fact, I, I I bet his teammates probably don't like him just looking at that face there. <laughs> Total speculation. <laughs> yeah, total complete fabrication of people's feelings. But yeah, yeah. he definitely does look like Papelbon, hundred uh, percent. He's like Papelbon, but like bad with the tattoos. You know, bad kid. Yeah, bad kid in town. Don't. It's hey, like don't, uh, don't go. You know, don't go near Tanner. Okay, you don't know. Yeah, you don't know. Pa- I don't want you Papelbon, to see you hanging out with Tanner in the uh, yeah. playground. Yeah, he had, you know Papelbon or uh, or Hauk had some uh, adverse childhood experiences, which <laughs> turned him into. Tanner Houck, the way he looks now, rather than Jonathan Papelbon. But uh, alas, hopefully the Rays come out and get the W and win the series. Do want to mention briefly, just throwing this out there, little news items here. Uh, Shout out to Greg Jones. He got promoted to double A. It's about time. He had been in high A for a while. We'll see what he can do with that. Also, speaking of double A, did you see... Brennan McKay, or did you hear about what he did yesterday pitching? I heard that he pitched, but maybe not too great. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. Uh, lefty Brennan McKay, uh, yesterday through two and two thirds innings, okay. allowing four solo homers, including three to the first five batters in his second start for double a Montgomery. Okay, well, he was just establishing his fastball, obviously, yeah. and and they were just you know geared up on it. It's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, could you imagine? Hey, Josh Fleming just let in ten him. runs. Let's give Brendan McKay a, a rest here. Four, yeah, four McKay probably would have let in twelve if he pitched last night for oh, the yeah the maybe. Race. Okay. Well, anyway, just want to leave well, it on that note. Uh, no, no, one more yeah. thing. Okay. Friend of the program, catching prospect Blake Hunt has mm-hmm. been. Promote it to double A. He's going to Montgomery, people. So again, another a lot of, a lot of promotions. I didn't even know about that. I heard Blake Hunt. I didn't hear about yeah Blake Hunt. That's great. How news. about that? Isn't that great? So 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 now Tanner Murray and Blake Hunt, who have been on the show, they have been promoted. I don't know if you're a prospect of the Rays and you want to get promoted. Maybe something there's something about being on the show. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I guess that has to happen. Honestly, you should probably watch some double A games. <laughs> Seems like there's a lot of action going on and uh, <laughs> yeah. some 
some uh, good names there. Uh, okay, that wraps up this edition of the Locked On Rays podcast. Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of the Locked On Bets podcast. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>